Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. John, tell us an overview, if you will, from your perspective on, on where we are right now with the shipping industry, uh, specifically, obviously, the, the, uh, the large container ships. Well, firstly, I'd like to say that things aren't quite as bad as you suggest, and that uh, you know, most parts of the supply chain are still working, uh, albeit slower than normal. But before we go into more detail on some of that, of course, I'd like to um, uh, remind you of something that Samuel Johnson said a long time ago and how that some things don't change. So if I may paraphrase him, he said that being at sea is like being in prison with the added possibility of drowning. <laughs> well, it's um, good to have a little bit of levity as well, right? <laughs> it's very important in these times, isn't it? But of course, for the poor crews, not much has changed. And for passengers, some of whom are still stuck on cruise ships, as I'll discuss as well, and then they may be feeling that as well during COVID-19. So maybe just for the benefit of our listeners, if, to simplify a little bit, what elements of the supply chain have either stopped or slowed down and what elements it's business as usual? Well, that, that's a very good question, Neil. And yes, and I think it's very important to say that, that most parts of the cargo supply chain, um, which are the things that keep us fed and keep the lights on, those are still working. So container ships, oil and gas tankers, and dry bulk carriers, they're still operating, albeit, you know, in a reduced state in many ways. Yes, there are, there are certain problems with the supply chain in, in different parts of the world. Uh, containers might be in you know, the wrong place. Factories are shut down, etc. But that was the one key thing I wanted to, to get over to you and your listeners this morning, that the supply chain is still working. What has really come to a halt, of course, is cruise shipping um, and passenger ferries unsurprisingly. Yeah, indeed. And, and, and probably for all the right reasons in terms of the uh, infectious nature of, of COVID-19. And John, I had read a number of, of articles. Of course, China is getting back to work uh, in some measure now that uh, they have been slightly relieved of the contagion there uh, and they are producing goods again. But the, the challenge was the other markets that they would normally be, uh, you know, sending goods to full throttle are not uh, are are not working as effectively efficiently. Is that a fair is that a fair statement? You know, China's ready to go, but not everybody is ready to receive from them. I think that's absolutely right. And of course, uh, one thing which will help in the shipping industry is that, of course, is that it's not immediate. So that for some places that are still not open in the West, where with Chinese factories opening up, they will be able to produce now stuff the containers put them on a ship, and then by the time, you know, they get to Western Europe or the States, you know, in less than a month, some of those countries might be opening up. So that that sort of, that slow time of shipping may actually really help in this case. And on a basic level, John, the day-to-day kind of supply of goods, I have noticed when I pop to the supermarket, only for essential shopping and nothing else, (laughs) that I've been to half a dozen different supermarkets, and here's a plug. No, I won't plug the brand, but, you know, baked beans. I'm a, I'm a, I st- I'm a working-class boy from London. <laughs> I still love my baked beans, M- much of which comes from the UK. I've noticed that goods like that at half a dozen different supermarkets in Singapore, canned goods, baked beans, soups, tinned vegetables, that kind of thing, there's no doubt 
that they are fewer. There are much, there are much less of this kind of thing on the shelf. So much so that I've even seen members of the public, you know, argue with members of the staff. Where's your soups? Where's your canned goods? Is that a supply chain issue, or is it from the source where they're not exporting as much because they're keeping it at home? You know, what's happening there with that particular supply chain of food and 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 canned goods and so on? Well, I'm with you there on the baked beans, being British and a big fan myself. <laughs> and, and I would say, I, I'm not sure if there's one reason. It's more than likely to be more than one reason, uh, because normally, you're right, we have, a, we have a, and there is still, you know, the trade between the UK and Singapore by container ship continues. So I'm not sure exactly why those baked beans are down. But you're right, that's something we should do something about. <laughs> the revolution starts here. I'm glad you two Brits can uh, sort this out with your baked beans and your bangers and your mash and all that. Exactly. So that's, that's awesome. Uh, John, uh, on a more serious note, is there a widely accepted uh, percentage that, that global shipping is down? Uh, is, there, is there a number that everyone is, is consistently using? No, well, again, it's very much sector-specific there because, like, if we take our cruise ships, then obviously, well, I mean, cruise ships should, of course, be 100% tied up with mm. no passengers on board. But perhaps you and your listeners might be somewhat surprised, as I was, um, when I sort of checked up on this, that can you believe there are still about uh, more than a dozen cruise ships at sea with passengers on board today? That is shocking. It is shocking, isn't it? And, and it's quite, you know, beyond shocking in many ways. And they're stuck, you know, with passengers on board, and nobody, of course, wants to accept them. Or if a country will accept them, they won't accept them until they, they know that each and every one of the passengers can fly home, maybe directly fly home. Mm. So you can see the kind of nonsense that's going on. And, and if we just look back on that, we can see how crazy that is for cruise shipping, because remember, it was two months ago on the 4th of February that the Diamond Princess had its first coronavirus, as it was called then, case, mm. and went into quarantine in Yokohama. So you have to ask the question, why, two months later, do we still have cruise ships with passengers on board? We're talking with John Gorman-Charlton, a master mariner and managing director of Bridgestock Consulting. Just to follow up on that, John, I think it's a fantastic point because, of course, cruise ships, they tick all the wrong boxes, don't they? They're contained. They can't go anywhere. They tend The, the passengers tend to be older and therefore more vulnerable to this virus. Never mind it being a health issue, you reach a point where it almost becomes an issue of morality. I mean, we've got to try and do right by people. You've got friends, I'm sure, contacts in the cruise ship industries. How do the staff, how do the crew members feel about this? Because they themselves are at risk, aren't they? They are, and yes. And, you know, and I worked on the cruise ships myself, and I've still got contacts. So, yeah, it's a very bad situation for everybody involved, as you can imagine. And you talked about morality, and you're absolutely right. Of course, well, I would take it further, really, that we really need to start thinking about uh, things like corporate manslaughter, because in my opinion, it was somewhat foolish and negligent to allow cruises to go ahead in February, certainly after the Diamond Princess first case on the 4th of February. Once we got to March, and really we're talking about being reckless or irresponsible, in my opinion, so... I think this is going to keep our legal friends busy for many years to come. 
Yeah, very, very interesting point. Uh, John Gorman Charlton, uh, the Master Mariner and Managing Director of Bridgestock Consulting. And let's talk a, a bit more about the human cost of this, John, uh, from a different perspective, and that is uh, the crews that uh, would be on many of the cargo ships and, and the, uh, the different bulk carriers. Many of them, of course, uh, as you mentioned, are still working various sea lanes and, and, and routes. But there are a whole lot of other uh, crew members that are that have had to go home or are in some place uh, perhaps uh, either suffering or not suffering from COVID-19. What do we know about the, the human toll on the, the mariners on the seamen side of this? Well, you're right. And, and that was obviously one of the key things I wanted to talk about today because seamen, you know, as seafarers are out of sight and out of mind. But yes, what's happening for the poor lads on board at the moment um, Generally, those who've been at sea since January, often they've been, uh, they've been effectively locked down since late January uh, with so, no short leave. Uh, so, they're stuck no on, so they're stuck on ships somewhere. Exactly. They're stuck on ships, still working. Yeah, the, uh, no short leaves, no reliefs. And, um, and of course, and with no idea of exactly when they are going to get relieved. Uh, and of course, the reality is it could be months before uh, many of them get relieved. Now, for those on board, of course, that's not very nice because they're stuck on board, albeit in a relatively safe environment, and they're being paid. Um, but then, of course, the problem is, particularly financially, for the, for the lads who are on leave, ashore waiting to go back, if they're working for a good company and they're an officer, they might still be being paid. But if they're a crew member working for a dodgy company, then they're probably off pay on unpaid leave, effectively, and obviously, that's going to be a very bad situation for them. For seafaring, generally, um, you might know that it's a dangerous occupation anyway in normal times. And typically, you're sort of, I think, twice, twice as likely to die at sea as in a normal job ashore. That's before COVID-19. Also before COVID-19, there was the fact that you were more likely to commit suicide, uh, more likely to self-harm. And of course, now we've got the lads stuck on board. They were due off some time ago, perhaps, and they've got no idea where they're going to get off. So, of course, that is only going to make some of the existing problems even worse. That's fascinating, John. Just to bring those two points together, you talk about the vulnerability of crew members and still some passengers on board. And in your previous point, you mentioned, you know, corporate manslaughter in terms of people who have died of COVID-19 on the cruise ships. Meanwhile, these ships are still sitting there idle in some cases. So in your opinion, where does the fault lie here? Is it with respective governments? Is it with the shipping industries? What's the situation in your view? Well, that's uh, that's a very good question, Neil, and I'll try not to be drawn too much on that. But I think I, I would just like to sort of stick to some of the, the facts and those mm. particular dates. Certainly for cruise shipping, we've got the 4th of February with the Diamond Princess. We've got the also then the, the WHO. Um, and again, I'll try and stick to the facts about that and not tell you what I really think of the WHO. But they, they declared the coronavirus to be an international public health emergency on the 30th of January. And, of course, they were very late in declaring a pandemic on the 11th of March. So I think if we look at those dates, particularly for cruise shipping, then, then we can come to our own conclusions about whether governments uh, and the cruise line companies should have been stepping in earlier, which I, of course, believe they should have done. 
All right. Our thanks to John Gorman Charlton. A fascinating discussion. Uh, the managing director of Bridgestock Consulting talking about the impact on the global shipping industry. John, our pleasure to have you on today. My pleasure. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.